Welcome back to another edition of the Acacia Covered Podcast brought to you by CapFed uh, Savings, our, our sponsor. And with you again this week is Brent Maycock, Ricky Peterson, Scott Pask, and Mac Moore to dive back into our uh, championship coverage, which began in earnest uh, last weekend with state tennis. Kind of kicks off the state championship run here where we have so many state champions uh, crowned over the next two weeks. Uh, it's really busy winding down the season here, but we started with state tennis last weekend and beautiful, beautiful Saturday for state tennis and had some had some great results. And we'll start in, in class 6A where where we had some uh, new champions crowned and Mac, you were there. Why don't you tell us a little bit about class 6A? Yeah, I mean, I think we know most of the story being, uh, you know, uh, three straight years of, of Shawnee Mission East dominance heading in. And I mean, that's a following a decade of that being pretty much the case with uh, just a handful of uh, breaks in between. But this one, it, it seemed uh, pretty early on that uh, Blue Valley West was uh, gonna bring a lot of uh, uh, big guns and even more uh, kind of adds to the the potential for for upset being that they were all put into the same regional along with Blue Valley North and Blue Valley Northwest. Uh, I was talking with uh, uh, Blue Valley North head coach Tracy Johnson about how that was the first time she remembers all of them being in the same regional and so that ended up causing them to just have, uh, either two singles and one doubles or, uh, one singles and two doubles. Uh, you know, they, they just having that as the only possibilities they, they really saw going in and sure enough, uh, that's what it ended up being for, uh, the top three teams, Blue Valley West, Blue Valley North and Johnny Mission East. They get in two singles, uh, and, and one doubles. So, uh, that sort of, uh, made it where we knew it was going to be a, a pretty tight race. And by the time we got to the, the final day, it was uh, Blue Valley West put themselves in pretty good shape by getting both of uh, their single stars, young single stars, so uh, it might be a chance for them to keep this rolling in the future, but uh, Francisco Landeros, and, and, and he was state runner-up last year, he got himself back into the, the semis, and uh, Jonah Stolte is their new freshman who uh, actually got a win uh, at regionals uh, in the finals over who looked like to be the, the front runner for the singles title, that being Blue Valley North senior uh, C.J. Smith. So uh, it, it looked like it would uh, be those two making it to the finals, and sure enough, uh, Smith gets the win over Linderis. Uh, Graham Ferris, who has made it to the semifinals uh, all three of the years uh, that he's, he's played, a senior finishing up, uh, he, he ends up getting taken down by Stolte in the, the, the semifinals, and then uh, Linderis gets the, the win over Ferris in the third-place match. But uh, it just set up an epic clash for that, that singles title. And, uh, I, it, you know, it, it's tough going in knowing Stolte got the, the most recent uh, win over Smith, but... Smith had beat him twice earlier in the year, and I think once you started seeing them going, uh, you know, it's it's just a bunch of good players when you get to the the semifinals. But I think you knew early on Smith is I don't know he's probably six five. Uh, he's just this tall powerhouse on the court, and once you saw him going, there were just moves that 
you, you see the forehand shots just it's hard to even keep your eye on the ball I can't even imagine trying to uh you know hit it back and keep it in play and and keep the power going but Solti may have been the the best option to try to slow that down uh Smith told me afterwards that there's very few kids that can slow down his pace as well so Smith kind of had to change things up move up closer on the ball to to make sure that he was keeping that pace going and his serve was just on so uh he ends up being able to he got the 6362 win over Linderis in the semis same score over Stolte in the finals and he ends up finishing his high school career uh with that state title uh on the double side, it was a, a another uh, rematch. Although this one, uh, I, I believe, was in the semifinals uh, of regionals, and that's the uh, Blue Valley's uh, twin tandem of uh, the Myers brothers. They they um, had won that regional. They looked really good. Uh, they end up going up against uh, the Blue Valley West team of. Uh, Aki Pujari and David Hahn. Uh, and it, that was another one where I think based on their matches and they, they were even really close at uh, regional semifinals. So it wasn't like the Blue Valley West team came in scared. Uh, they end up uh, just being able to power through. They get a 6-4, 6-3 victory in the finals over the Myers brothers. And uh, with that singles performance and with that doubles performance, Blue Valley West scores 42 to get first place, uh, win uh, their first uh, state title in a, a couple of years. Uh, going back, I think it was it was either 2018. I think I think it was the year right before Shawnee Mission started their run. Uh, but uh, you end up holding out, and it wasn't Shawnee Mission East in second place. It ends up being Blue Valley North, led by that uh, performance. Uh, with with Smith, and then uh, they get some uh, extra points from Arjun Ryland, their their other singles player, and then their doubles team of Court and uh, Vazam Reddy. Uh, they they get fifth place in doubles, and they end up being able to take that second place with thirty six points. And uh, Shawnee Mission East ends up settling for that. Uh, third place with 31 but uh, it'll be very interesting particularly going into next year because like I said that Blue Valley West group the 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 doubles team were seniors uh, they graduate on a high note but that singles group uh, when you have a, a sophomore and a freshman that have already done this well on that stage they have a bunch of other players that they are uh, expecting to, to step up uh, new players coming in. So uh, they, they have their sights set on trying to become that shot mission East type dynasty. And so it'll be interesting. And then uh, blue Valley North, they lose uh, Smith, but they got, they, they're always in the mix. And then Shawnee mission East, they'll lose uh, Ferris and a couple of their doubles players, but they're really deep team as well. And then, uh, they had their second player, Gregor uh, Wiedemann, who won the, the state singles title last year, but ended up having an injury that kind of slowed him down this year. Uh, he'll be back for his senior year. So uh, expect that to continue to be uh, just extremely competitive. But uh, Blue Valley West right now is kind of uh, trying to take the place over from where Shawnee Mission East has been uh, the last few years. But uh, all around, just a Really great tournament, very very fun to watch. Uh, talent from top to bottom uh, throughout that bracket. 
Yeah, Class 6 is always loaded with uh, great players, especially in that singles draw. And, and uh, it certainly is on display uh, on, on display up there at the uh, at the state tournament in Topeka. And I uh, traveled from Topeka down to Arc City to catch the 5A state tournament. And it was kind of an interesting scenario where on the single side, you pretty much knew who was going to win the state title. And, and it played out that way with St. Thomas Aquinas' Russell Locko just absolutely dominating the field. Uh, you know, the state's had a lot of great singles players in its history. When you go back and you think of guys like, you know, Jack Sock and, and Rain Booth and and Tariq Boot and guys like that, Matt Wright from Wichita Collegiate, John Grantham from Topeka High way back in the back in the day. But uh, you know, Russell Locko certainly is as has cemented his place among those guys. He was a three time individual state champion in singles. And went undefeated in singles in his career. He only had one loss at the high school level. That came in doubles play as a sophomore. Uh, his freshman season, he was actually in New Jersey. But had he been here, he wouldn't have been able to play anyway because that was the year, the COVID year when everything was canceled. But he came to Aquinas as a sophomore, went 30-0 and in singles that year, goes 23-0 and last year, 26-0 and this year, and just dominates the uh, state championship draw this year he wins first match 6060 second one 6160 third one 6162 which was a supreme test for him uh Barrett Stephen from Bishop Carroll pushes him a little bit in the semifinal in the championship Locko wins 6061 over Sam Ritchie and you know I talked to Ritchie afterwards and and said you know what's it like playing a guy like that he said you know it's it's just it's almost impossible he said every time you think you hit a great shot not only does he get it back to you, he gets it back to you in an offensive manner where suddenly you're back on the defensive. And so Russell Locko just absolutely dominant this year. Uh, great champion going to Louisville to play tennis. And he said he, he's the lowest ranked recruit that they have, which is kind of scary for that class. Uh, if Russell Locko is your lowest ranked recruit, you got a pretty good incoming class. And I know they've got guys coming in from Germany and some, another, uh, another country, but uh Russell Locko leaves his mark on Kansas history. You know, only a handful of guys have ever won four straight. Uh, we talked about Booth, uh, Tarek Boot, Matt Wright, and Jack Sock. Jack Sock went undefeated in his career, just like Locko did. And then there's a, a number of guys that went were three-time state champions, the last one being Ryan Norman from Wichita Independent from 2007 to 2009. So, a great career for Russell Locko. And then the doubles one is where the intrigue was really going to be. You had you had the defending champions and Ian and Miles Cusick of Topeka West coming back to looking to get a second title, but really didn't go into the state tournament as the favorites. That, that distinction really belonged to the Arc City duo of Dawson and Oakley O'Donnell, who had been just completely dominant this year. They had one loss, and that came to Newton's Otis Muster and Justin Franz during the season. And they had beaten the uh the Cusicks three times this year all eight six matches and I talked to talked to coach uh Kurt Davids of Topeka West about that and he said you know those were all those pro set matches we were really excited to get the chance to see them in a match that where it went the distance where it could be a three set match if we need to and they felt like if it was a longer longer set maybe they uh maybe they had the advantage in that and it kind of played out that way. Topeka West comes out and both teams are holding serve and they finally break Oakley's serve early in the first match and get up 4-1. And at that point, Ian said, you feel like you pretty much got that first set one. And they went on and won that one 
uh, 6-2, I believe, is what it was. And then they come out in the second match, and the, and the O'Donnells come out, and they're fired up in that one. And uh, it was actually 6-3 was the first set. And the O'Donnells come out in the second set. They're on fire. They get up 3 nothing. They've broken the Q6. All the momentum's in their favor. But the Q6 just dug down. They got a break, and then they got another break. And next thing you know, they're up 4-3, and they go on to win the 6-4 to win their second straight doubles championship. So Ian and Miles, Cusick of Topeka West, go back-to-back in, in 5A doubles, have a great season uh, this year. They, they have four losses on the year. They avenge all those losses um, this season. And they finished the year with a 38-4 and record. I believe they were 37-4 and last year, 38-4 and this year. And they've just been a team that when they get to state and they see somebody that they've lost to earlier in the year, they avenge that loss. They did it last year in the semifinals and the finals on their way to the state title. And then this year they get, uh, they get the Arc City duo uh, in, the, in the finals this year. And so uh, it was a great season for the O'Donnells. They finished, they finished the year with a 34-2 and record. And they'll be back. They, you know, they they were both underclassmen. Oakley's a junior this year. Dawson's a sophomore. And they'll be back in Hungary next year. I know they really wanted to win it on their home court this year. And sometimes that adds even more pressure. You know, you go in as the favorite already, but then you've got everybody in, in town there. Uh, a bunch of players from Collie, Collie, Collie County had come out to, to watch them play and were rooting them on. At every point, I, I swear, it was like a yelling contest to see who's, who could celebrate their points. But that's just how much there was in every point and how much you knew every point in that match was going to matter. And, and it certainly did. And it was, it was a great match. And when the Q6 won the title, that wrapped up the team state title for Topeka West as well. The first one ever in school history. Kurt uh, Davis, the coach, thought they had won one back in the day. Uh, Topeka West has always been strong at tennis. And before his, his arrival 30 years ago as head coach, he was certain they had won a, a state championship, and they never had. So it was the first one for the boys in Topeka West history. They scored 34 points, and they fit, they beat Blue Valley Southwest, who takes second with 28 points. And then Mays and St. Thomas Aquinas each to tie for third with 21 points. So Topeka West, your Class 5A boys, state team champion and doubles champion with Ian and Miles Cusick. And then St. Thomas Aquinas as Russell Locko caps his brilliant career with his third straight singles title. And that was the 5A state tournament. And Ricky, you kind of got to see the Independence and Southeast Kansas Invitational down at the 4A state tournament. Yeah, that really dominant showing from Southeast Kansas. You know, I think going into it, everybody thought it was going to re- be a rematch in the singles final of uh, with Davian Spies, the defending champion, and uh, and Kale Groff. Um, those were the last two champions heading in. And, uh, you know, Parsons, Wyatt Schultz, a freshman, came in with 11 losses. And in the semifinals, he met up against Spies and just played some really, really outstanding tennis, uh, one in straight sets. And it, was, it wasn't particularly close. I, I think it was 6-4, 6 um, Just a really, really solid, solid showing from him. And, uh, you know, Kale Groff from Independence, he had kind of he had taken care of business in the semifinals, uh, and he had he had played uh, Schultz three other times, and uh, in the regional final it was a pretty good it was a pretty good match. I think he won six four six four, and Schultz really came out and played well to start that that final. Uh, went up five two, uh, you know. 
Groff kind of has a, a kind of a different style. I mean, he he's just kind of a backboard, and he you know he's really good about returning everything. He's got really really good drop shots, and he was going to that drop shot quite a bit early, early in that final. And Schultz was just getting to everything. I mean, he was he was just anticipating it well. Uh, you know, the match really started to turn when uh, Groff got a break to make it five four. And after that, he, you could just tell he was riding a lot of confidence and um, was really, really in control. Uh, went on to win that first set 7-5 and then won the second set uh, 6-3. Uh, you know, I, I think really, really rewarding moment for him after losing, you know, a tough a tough final last year to Spies. Uh, he really, you know, his coach really credited his mindset. You know, he could have, he could have really got frustrated and he was, he was frustrated early on, but he was able to fight through it and just kind of grind it out. Uh, you know, so a, an incredible for career for him. He finishes as a two-time, two-time state champion. Uh, yeah. I, I just know it was a really, really rewarding way for him to, to wrap up his career when in, when in a tough set and, um, uh, you know what? What can you say about Wyatt Schultz? Uh, I don't think he was on too many people's radar this year, but he's going to be on their radar moving forward because that was a really, really good, good tournament for him, and I know that'll give him, you know, a lot of confidence moving forward. Uh, you know, moving over to the double side, uh, Camden Julian and Easton Morris from 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 Independence. Uh, they met up with Connor Barkus and David West West Davis West from Parsons. So it was another, you know, Southeast Kansas showcase. I think it was the fifth match they they had played against each other and uh, you know, Julian and, and Morris had had the upper hand all season long and uh, really came out and started the started the match really well. I think they jumped out to a 3-0 lead with a couple breaks. Um, and, you know, Barkas and West, uh, they had their moments, but they were just kind of playing from behind the whole way because Julian and Ming also jumped out to a 4-1 lead in that in that second set. So, uh, you know, Julian, uh, I think we've mentioned it before, uh, the grandson of, you know, legendary independence coach Ken, Ken Brown. Uh, he won a state title last year with his doubles partner, and then this year he's able to send out another – he's a junior, and this year he's able to send out another senior, Easton – Easton Morris on top, um, you know, independence just seems like they have, you know, a really tight knit team. I know Groff was kind of looking over, peeking over to seeing how the doubles team, cause they were side by side and the doubles team was look, kind of looking at Groff. Um, and when they both got it done, it was just, it was just a really, really cool moment. The doubles, the doubles win clinched the team title for them. And then Groff added to it with his singles win, but uh, you know, a, a really impressive tournament for independence their third third straight team championship uh, you know in talking to their coach gavin webster he was really excited to get all six of his guys playing the second day he said that's it's been a while since they've been able to do that so uh yeah i, I think they're going to be good and i really think i really think the future is bright for parsons uh they lose they lose uh, one of their doubles players. I believe Davis West is a, is a senior, but Barkas will be back. Obviously, Schultz will be back. So, um, yeah, I mean, Southeast, really, really good South Southeast Kansas showing. And then, uh, and then I, yeah, I wanted to mention Barkas and West also had a really impressive win over Winfield's duo in their semifinal. Jackson Davis and and uh, Adam Everett, who had who'd had a really good year too. So, uh, yeah, it was. 
Southeast Kansas dominated, and I think I think it could be that way, you know, for the for the future as well. Scott, you were down at Class Three A state tournament, and it was the uh, a farewell to uh, to some of the uh, state's greats in terms of coaches and and some really good tennis down there as well. Yeah, it really was. I, you know, we, you knew it was going to be the farewell event for for longtime college, Wichita collegiate coach Dave Hawley, and you know we we had him on our on our podcast last last go round, and and uh, he was certainly kind of the maybe the star of the show for this final run at Wichita's Riverside Tennis Center. Uh, collegiate was the host school for the the event, and there wasn't you know there there were a lot of friends and family there uh, of Coach Hawley's, but uh, he wanted to keep the fanfare to a minimum, and and. Uh, you know, it was just pretty business as usual for him, running around from match to match and and uh, keeping the tournament on 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 schedule. And and uh, so, uh, I, I think at the end at the award ceremony, the public address uh, announcer tried to give him a little bit of an acknowledgement, but but that uh, that plane never made it off the runway. The, the PA announcer choked up and and couldn't could really finish uh, even acknowledging him. So. Uh, but but anyway, it was it was a good tournament, uh, you know, for Coach Holly. He ends up getting second, and and uh, proves to be a, a pretty good soothsayer. I mean, he had said earlier this season we've talked about he had made Kansas City Christian or proclaimed them the favorites uh, to win the three two one A title, and and uh, the Panthers delivered. Uh, they got a a singles championship uh, from junior Caleb Bartles. He was just fabulous. Uh, he he met up with uh, Central Plains junior Peyton Ryan in the in the championship match and and Peyton's an outstanding player but but he really uh, you know he was no match for Caleb Caleb beat him six one six two just just ran Peyton all over the place and and you know Peyton's Peyton's outstanding one hundred four and three in his career now and all three of his losses are at the state tournament uh, but uh, he's just. I think the question for him now is, 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 you know, can he close the gap and, and, and enough to, to maybe end his career with the singles title and that, that, uh, you know, that's something he and I talked about after, after, after the match, but Bartles was, uh, you know, just sensational. And, you know, uh, you know, Ricky had talked about uh, Groff kind of having that unique style. Bartles really does too. I took a lot of pictures of Caleb and every one of them, his arm is just contorted in a, in a, in a unique way and it, it, maybe that's has something to do with how he's able to to control the ball and, and and place his shots but uh you know like I said he ran Peyton all over the court and then it would just rifle a winner past him that that would kind of freeze Peyton in his track so it was a real clinic uh, uh for Bartles who who wins the, the doubles championship last year with James Vanderark uh after playing singles most of the season uh so he's got a doubles title and now a singles title uh here at the end of his junior season um, and, and caps a 33 and three season. Uh, you know, I saw him play CJ Smith from, from Blue Valley North at the, at the uh, collegiate tournament of champions, another t- tournament that Groff was at as well. And uh, he lost a tiebreaker to Smith eight to seven at that, at that tournament. And really from that point, um, just he, he took it all the way to the finish line in style. He won, won his last nine matches of the season uh, seven of them, he didn't. He didn't lose a game, so he was really, really strong down the stretch, and 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 delivers for, for Coach Brian Miller, and then for Vander Ark, uh, you know, just a, another sensational player for Kansas City Christian, uh, a part of a, a line of brothers who have played over the last decade for Kansas City Christian, and he reaches his third straight doubles final, uh, this time with Jackson Newman, a fellow senior, and and 
you know, they probably went into that match as the favorite, but, but Heston's Micah Dalston and sophomore Asher Doschendorf have a, you know, had something to say about it. And they, they came out, they, they had lost to Vander Ark and Newman twice during the season, came out and won the first set six to three and really took it to the Kansas City Christian guys. Uh, but then Newman and Vander Ark kind of, they were turning the tables in the second set. Uh, they they had gotten the gotten the lead to four to two. Newman hit a smash at the net that made it four to two, and and really you just felt like that doubles final was going to go three sets at that point. But Newman goes down with a leg cramp at that point, uh, a cramp in his quadriceps, and it took about fifteen minutes to to hydrate and then try to recuperate from that, uh, and took went back to the court, and, and at that point you could just tell it was going to be an uphill battle for 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 Vander Ark and Newman. Uh, Newman was really limited in his mobility. Uh, the cramping started to kind of expand to the rest of his body, and he had to go with an underhand serve. So, you know, that's you know, in a state final that that's not where that's not a position you want to be. Uh, to Vanderark's credit, you know, he ended up doing a, you know, having to cover a lot more of the court, and he's a good enough player. He was able to win some points or help them win some points. Uh, you know, despite the momentum slowly slipping away, but. Uh, it got to four four, and it was a, a deuce at four four, and and uh, Heston won a point, and and you could just tell Newman was in agony. He hit the hit the deck, and basically, uh, Coach Miller told me when he went over to him, he he was just like just rigid. He was he was his body was totally cramping up on him, and at that point, Vander Ark knew knew things were over, so he he shook hands with the Heston guys and and Dalston and and Deutschendorf get their their first state championship. Another one of those interesting storylines for Micah Dalston. Uh, he becomes the second Dalston uh, uh, to win a state doubles title, joining his older brother Grant, or one of his older brothers, Grant. Uh, and Dalston wins it in, in the final tournament that's coached by his dad, uh, Mark Dalston. Mark has been the, the Heston coach for 36 years and and uh, uh, just a you know an outstanding coach, won a state title in, in uh, about seven or eight years ago. And, and – at Heston after 36 years to go teach at Wichita Central Christian Academy. So not only do you have Dave Hawley uh, stepping down, but, but Mark Dalston, who's been uh, a real great ambassador uh, for, for high school tennis here in the South Central Kansas area. Uh, but, but the Heston guys win the, the doubles title. Uh, Bartles wins the singles title. And Kansas City Christian also gets a fourth place finish from Ian Garris that helps kind of push them over the top uh, in the team competition. They, they win it with 41 uh, points collegiate got all of their guys to the second day so I mean the they were the three-time defending champions in 3-2-1-A and they didn't go down without a fight uh, you, you knew they wouldn't and and they've got a really good freshman in Charlie Gentile uh, who ended up losing to Bartles in the in the uh, semifinals and finished third and then Carter Drumright uh, who finished third a year ago takes fifth this year so he's a sophomore so whoever ends up replacing, they haven't named a, a successor to Dave Hawley yet, but whoever inherits that job has got a real good singles combo uh, coming back. And, and uh, uh, so we'll have a solid foundation, as you knew they would at Collegiate. Uh, uh, you know, after after Hawley steps down with over 40 years of experience coaching at, coaching the Spartans, he finishes as, as Keisha's all-time winningest coach uh, with 33 girls' state titles, 26 uh, boys' state doubles titles, uh, produced 82 singles and doubles champions uh, uh, in state competition during that time, and and really one of the great eras uh, in any sport for uh, in in Kansas high school sports comes to an end, and and so 
you know, it was, it, you knew it was a fair, like I said, you knew it was a farewell tour for one. It ends up being a farewell tour for all three of the, of the, uh, the first, second and third place coaches as Brian Miller is stepping down at Kansas city Christian after eight years, he's going to go teach at Shawnee mission Northwest. So, uh, uh, end of the line in class three, two, one, a, but, but a really fun weekend. So that's a wrap on state tennis this year. Uh, great state tournaments and great champions. Uh, Class 6A Blue Valley West, your team champion. Class 5A Topeka West, your team champion. Class 4A Independence, the team champion. And Class 3A Kansas City Christian is your team champion. So we'll turn our attention now to the next championship up, which actually begins on Thursday, uh, the day we're taping this. Um, it's state swimming and diving with diving starting on Thursday and then swimming prelims Friday and then finals for everything on Saturday. Those will be held at Topeka's Capital Federal Natatorium. And we'll start in class 6A with swimming. And Mac, it's a uh, Kansas City dominated field in terms of favorites and top seeds. If you look at every single event uh, where you have a number one seed on the psych sheet, it comes from the Kansas City metro area. Free State, the defending champion with a ton of those. You've got Annika Finzen of Blue Valley West, uh, defending champion in her own right. you got Mill Valley's Ella Hansen looking to make some noise and get her first state title. Um, you know, Free State has Samantha Packard and Brady Ward as favorites. Uh, also, Hallie McCullough is a favorite. And then Sophie Padu- Sophia Paduano from Blue Valley Northwest. She was a state champion last year. She's also got a top seed. The only one really not the top seed from the Kansas City area would be the Topeka High Diver, Brianna Devlin. But the defending champion is still there, and Claire Geralt from Blue Valley Northwest. And, uh, you know, looking at this state meet, Mac, what sticks out to you on in Class 6A? Well, as you mentioned with Free State, I think it's, you know, you all these names and it's like this person here and this person here and then three from free state three seniors uh that have already proven what they can do from uh top performances last year a bunch of runner-up and third place finishes uh in these events and now they're going in hoping to uh bring free state a a repeat uh as the 6a champion and uh they're coming in as as favorites in uh, a handful of their events and if they're able to pull it off uh it'll be a nice uh retirement present for their coach uh annette mcdonald uh she has decided uh to step away uh she says uh it's health reasons based on just the time it takes uh, the schedule in being a, a high school uh, swimming coach, and it ends up uh, just uh, luckily lining up with uh, her husband is uh, Kent McDonald, the uh, Lawrence High boys swimming coach, and previously was the uh, girls swimming coach. Last year he had uh, stepped down from, from girls so that he could focus on his marathon training, and then as his wife is retiring from the free state job, uh, Kent's uh, also going to uh, step away from the uh, boys swimming job at Lawrence High. So uh, uh, interesting uh, timing as well, just because uh, also uh, Pat Grazinda, who uh, coach at, at, at Lawrence and then the first uh, coach at uh, girls swimming at Lawrence Free State, uh She's going to be uh, recognized, uh, and I'm going to be talking with her later today, and we'll have a, a story about her. So uh, just a lot of news uh, in my area. I guess it's perfectly set up for me as I'm based out of Lawrence, but uh, that's uh, not only the reason my eyes are on it. It's also just because you see those numbers. Uh, they, 
they were Free State was a team last year that uh, I think going in we weren't quite sure that and they obviously had uh, the numbers and they had a, a lot of good relay teams. Uh, but it, it wasn't even until kind of you got about halfway through and you knew they still had uh, Brady Ward as the favorite in the 500 free, and they had those relay teams uh, that they, nobody was going to keep up with them, not just win, but they ran away with it. And uh, it's crazy to think, uh, you know, McDonald said she thinks they might even be better this year. They might be in better positions, and I can't argue with it by looking at the psych sheet. But uh, the, the other interesting thing is of these ones you're – naming uh, ones that were successful last year we have multiple uh state champion entries uh that you know returned from from winning state champions last year that are in different events this year uh specifically annika finzen of blue valley west i mean i i don't know how often you guys have seen you guys have done this a lot longer than i have seen somebody with their name in the state meet record for an event they're back the next year and they don't race in the event uh, Finzen's on the hundred yard butterfly. Uh, it's got the record last year, 54.36. And just, I, I talked to her last year. I wasn't sure how serious she was, but she's like, I'm looking at, uh, the 200 individual medley. Definitely. Like that might be the move. Uh, I didn't, I, it, it's still even in that moment. I'm like, yeah, you, you think about it, but when you're a two time champion in two events, I don't see you stepping down from one to take on the 200 individual medley. And she ends up doing it in uh, two events. She she moved away uh, from the 100-yard the backstroke as well. So I don't think she was that far away from uh, the record on that one either. Uh, but she'll try her hand at the 200-yard individual medley. That was her goal. And now she's going into that one, and she is the front runner in it. And then uh, she's uh, number two uh, in her other event. Uh, in in the hundred yard uh, breaststroke going in, but not too far behind uh, Hallie McCulloch of, of of Free State. So that one will be a very interesting one. Uh, also, uh, you mentioned uh, Sophia Paduano of Blue Valley Northwest. Uh, she won in the fifty free uh, last year. Uh, got runner up in the the hundred yard backstroke. And she's back in the, the backstroke this year as the front runner. Uh, but instead of the 50 free, she's in the, the 100 free uh, and is the front runner in that as well. So it's it's very interesting to see. There was, uh, you know, uh, I, th- I think we know coaches kind of have that mindset going in uh, to state. is like, okay, where do we move these pieces to make sure we can get as many points as we can? Uh, but usually you kind of look at the top 25 and you figure it out and you're like, "Eh, I kind of know where these uh, people are going to swim at. And I, this one, as soon as I saw the psych sheet, I was just like, what is happening? Because a lot of surprises, a lot of movement. And then, uh, then you get to see where somebody might've came in, you know, two, three or four. And now they're right there in the mix for a possible state title. And uh, that's kind of where you end up seeing uh, Ella Hansen in a couple of uh, events. She was already in the top there and she's been, uh, a really great competitor in 5A. It'll be interesting to see how she performs uh, first year with uh, Mill Valley in, in, in 6A. Uh, but, yeah, just y- you look at that and, and and definitely going in now, it's like, okay, they made these moves. They made it strategic. Will it pay off? Will they get that person a- in a certain event to, to, to hit the spot they're hoping and get those points? But as of right now, it definitely looks like Free State has a, a you know a pretty good front runner, and then obviously when you have teams with with top swimmers like Boo Valley West has with with Finzen, 
with Blue Valley Northwest, with uh, Sophia Paduano, uh, Shawnee Mission East. Doesn't have a front runner in this one, but you know Piper Benjamin, a senior, she's uh, second best time in the 50 free. They have all of the pieces that never think Shawnee Mission East won't be in the title hunt. So it'll be very interesting to to, to see how this strategy of the of the coaches and the and the swimmers, uh, you know, picking their spots uh, if it works out, how it works out, and uh, it, it should be very fun to to see how that plays out over the next few days. Yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah, you never with Johnny Mission eats death. You definitely could never count them out in the title hunt. But three state looks looks loaded to uh, go win another state title this year. But it'll be some great racing in Class Six A and in Class Five through One A. Andover is the defending state champion, and Scott. Uh, you know they've also had another great year. But you know this this looks to be a year where it this Five A race really could shape up to be very interesting. I think. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I spent, you know, once, once those psych sheets came out, you really, you, you like like Max said, you kind of look at where people end up swimming and you get swimmers who succeeded in one area and they're, they're moving to another event this year. And there's a lot of that going on in 5 through 1A this year as well. And I, I think that's going to make the challenge for Andover to, to, to defend their title, uh, you know, a really stern one. It's, I, I think Saturday afternoon is just going to be a fabulous and really interesting and intriguing uh, final round just to see if Andover – who's got some, you know, they've got just a, a terrific group of underclassmen that, that, that were, many of them were big contributors last year when they won the state title. But, uh, you know, they, they did lose senior Natalie Nugent last year to graduation, and, and she was the 50-yard the 50, 50 freestyle champion. And, and just kind of looking at the, the psych sheets, I, you know, I, I'm, I think Andover's bid to go back-to-back is, is interesting in that they're really going to have to try to do it without being, without having much, uh, firepower in the in the freestyle individual swims. Uh, you look at the fifty, the the hundred, uh, the five hundred. They're they're really they're not up there at the top uh, in, in really any of those events right now. But they do have, you know, they they pretty much have everything else covered with the with the ten state qualifiers, which is again that's not the most qualifiers from any five through one A school. There's you know Blue Valley Southwest, Aquinas are two that I can think of right off the top that have more, uh, but they still. They still have Mary Griffin, an outstanding sophomore who won the, the backstroke last year, and, and she's back to defend in, in that event. Um, she's the number one seed, but but uh, uh, that's and Emma Todd has given them a, a senior, you know, is a senior who's given them a uh, helped them cover the diving part of things, and and she's you know she's got the high score right now in five through one a this season, and and. You know, I think they're going to need her to come through if, if, uh, and maybe win the win, win that competition if they're going to end up defending their title. They won by 56 points last year, uh, but I think you just when you look at the events and kind of the movement. And I know you could speak to this a little bit, Brent, with Avery Waltz. Uh, you know, she won the breaststroke last year. Is not there this year uh, in that event. That's that's one of those where. Uh, you know her her movement kind of creates a an interesting scenario in, in the breaststroke now with uh, uh you know with her moving on to to other events and and uh you know Blue Eye Southwest Presley Baber moving into the breaststroke becomes a, a you know maybe one of the favorites in that so that's that's one of those the, the interesting dynamics of where coaches uh you know place their their swimmers for the state meet when you know they're a standout, like Max said, in one event and, and they're trying something different and, and you know they're good at it because they're just there's a lot of versatile swimmers like that. Uh, but with Andover, you know, I mentioned Griffin and, and they've got Sophia Mandanis who's back. She's an outstanding butterfly swimmer. 
Uh, Kirsten Elliott's a, another strong swimmer who who won multiple medals last year, multiple gold medals uh, at state. Uh, but it's you know I can Andover win it again? Yes, I think they're one of the contenders to win that team title. But but I you know I, I think with some of the things that you could speak to Waltz and 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 Mackinac, you could speak to Baber just with what Blue Valley Southwest has got. Uh, you know, there's other there's individuals like that from 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 each school and. And uh, McPherson's Danica Bronk is another one who can, who's a good enough swimmer to really chip away and steal some points that Andover might, might, might need to win that title. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think, I think you look at the, uh, you know, you look at the psych sheet and there's a lot of individuals who maybe don't have that team depth that, that will kind of chip away at titles. So it will be, you know, some of those other places uh, that will really decide this thing. And, you know, speaking of Avery walls, you know, yeah, she wins the hundred breaststroke last year upsets, uh, upsets the Howard girl from Wichita Trinity, who's going to be a favorite, you know, going to be someone right in there to possibly win a couple this year. And, and uh, I talked to Avery and she said, you know, she really uh, was disappointed in how she was finishing her 200 IM uh, the last 50, which is the, which is the freestyle leg. So she really poured herself into some freestyle training this off season. And it's paid off so, so well, in fact, that she, she's now going to do the hundred freestyle at state. And she's taken, she's taken more than two, two and a half seconds off her best time from a year going 103. And that's a pretty significant drop in one season. She goes from, you know, being somebody that probably wouldn't have made the podium last year in the 100 free to somebody who's favored now to win it this year. Her 52-38 is more than a second ahead of Presley Baber. Now, we always see times drop at state when girls taper and, and things like that. But And then you have Karis Renega from Bishop Carroll, who was the who was the defending champion in that event. So, you know, she wall switches events, but – she goes from leaving a tough one, which the hundred breast was going to be a chore for her to win this year. I think, you know, Howard's gotten better. Presley Baber has emerged in, in that stroke this year and leads by more than three seconds over Howard with her best time of one Oh four forty six. And so I think walls kind of looked at that and said, well, where's my best chances. And so she's top seated in the hundred free top seated in the 200 IM. And uh, it was going to go out and, and look to get a couple couple titles there and then you know you've got uh you know the andover diver emma todd she'll be pushed hard by allison weiss a freshman from emporia whose older sister won three state titles when she was in high school and so she is going to be uh she's going to be somebody to contend with in that and then you know there's just really good individuals overall and max got a few um up in his area with uh, rebecca picker from st james academy you know she was runner up to to um, to Cadence Jeffries, the Topeka West standout who graduated last year after being undefeated at state. Uh, so the 200 and 500 freestyles are up for grabs for the first time, really, in, in, in four years. And so it'll be interesting to see how those play out. And Mac, Blue Valley Southwest definitely is a team that can make a run at a state championship this year. Yeah, and, you know, I think particularly when we are talking about uh, this uh, mix of individuals stealing the the top spots and 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 uh, you know where you're going to get those points and uh, usually a good spot to to get them is that relay and uh, Blue Valley Southwest right now uh, has uh, the, the top uh, time in two of the three relays uh, second uh, in the 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 400 yard freestyle uh, relay and then you know uh, depending on if they can. Uh, keep that and 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 hit that 
that mark. Uh, you know, I think uh, Andover, I think, is uh, second in the 200 uh, medley relay, uh, but otherwise is a little bit further down uh, that list. And, you know, that can be the, the difference if Blue Valley Southwest uh, wants to, to, to make that move. And then, you know, they also, uh, a team that had to pick their spots uh, pretty carefully because, yes, uh, they got uh, senior Presley uh, Baber uh, as a front runner in, uh, you know, 100-yard breaststroke. And, uh, you know, you have uh, a freshman, uh, Willow uh, uh, Winnegar. Uh, she's number two in the 500-yard the, uh, freestyle. Uh, she's number one in the 200-yard freestyle. And uh, between those two – they were, you know, top one, two, or top five in so many races uh, this year that uh, they could have, you know, uh, picked whatever they wanted. And then uh, you add in uh, just a, a couple more of the, the top swimmers for Blue Eyes Southwest, and they were, you know, uh, definitely going to have to make sure that they hit the, the, the right spot, they picked the right one. And, you know, talking with uh, their, their head coach, uh, Jillian Belleville, who is actually out on maternity leave right now. So uh, she's uh, keeping up with the team, but is not out there on the, the pool deck. She'll have to cheer from the, the stands with her, with her new baby. But uh, she was looking at like, okay, this person's got a top time in two races that are kind of back to back. So maybe this is the one that they won't go into. And, you know, when you're just trying to make these kind of, it's like a dartboard and you throw it in, but uh, from the, the looks uh, of how they match up right now, uh, where they're, they're, they're slated, how many front runners they were able to, to get there. Uh, it, it looks like they, they made some pretty good picks and it'll really come down. Like uh, Belleville said at the end, it's like the, the sky's the limit. Anything can happen. It's really just, will the girls show up and, and get it done? Can they uh, swim their marks? Can they move forward and, and, and gain some extra points by just really shelling out in the water? And uh, if they're able to do that, without a doubt, Blue Valley Southwest will go from a team that last year finished 11th in the team race, and they really feel like they not only want to get on that podium, they want to get on that top step, and uh, they, they have uh, enough pieces to do it. You just got to get in the water and get the job done. And Ricky, uh, you know, maybe a dark horse in all this uh, could be uh, it, the girl from Hayes. Yeah, Isabel Schmidt uh, having a really good sophomore season. Uh, you know, kudos to her. Uh, you know, her strengths are the 50 free and the 100 free, and she could have really just really focused on that all year. Instead, she did just about every event, I think. She, she tried her hand at everything this year and just – racked up her racked up the school records and it really didn't hurt her performance in the 50 free and the 100 free um i think in the 50 free and 5 1a she comes in with the second seed uh i think she's about maybe sixth or so in the, in the 100 free so uh you know I'll be, obviously it'll be it'll be a tough test with uh karis renega um trying to beat her in the 50, 50 free but um you know i think if i think if she can get you know another really good good uh, finish this year she'll feel really good about what she accomplished and you know i think hopefully uh and for her for her in her case i hope that she you know she she does get a chance to be an experience uh, experience a state championship by the sometime in her career whether it's this year or future on because she, 
because she's uh she's a really hard worker so uh, it's kind of been cool to see somebody from western kansas uh really kind of make their presence felt uh you know at the and at a state level and uh also great bend uh just want to give them a shout out they've had a good year as a, as a team um they won whacked whack for the second straight year and uh they'll uh they'll be having four girls competing in individual events and three relays so if they can they can uh earn some places they'll feel feel pretty good about their season but uh like i said it's kind of kind of nice to see some western kansas kids uh, you know at least uh you know have solid years and make their presence known at these state events yeah we haven't uh haven't seen that a whole lot over the years and so yeah it's nice to nice to see that part of the state uh coming up and and having some girls that really can go out and make some noise at at state this year and so uh, state swimming begins today with diving prelims, and then tomorrow we will have the prelims for swimming in 6A and 5A, and and also uh, diving will continue tomorrow night as well. It looks like uh, tomorrow the swimming will start at 9 a.m. for the Class 6A swimming prelims, 4 p.m. for the 5A prelims, and then uh and then we will uh, start things on Saturday at 9 a.m. for the finals for 6A and 4 p.m. for the finals in 5 through 1A. And then right uh, right after state swimming, not much of a break. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, we turn our attention to state golf. Uh, all the teams have qualified for state this year. And our state tournaments this year, uh, Class 6A will be at Sand Creek Station in Newton. Class 5A will be at Turkey Creek Golf Course in McPherson. Class 4A at Quail Ridge in Winfield, Class 3A at Mariah Hills in Dodge City, Class 2A will be at Heston and at the Heston Golf Course, Class 1A will be at the Emporia Municipal Golf Course, and the Sand Green State Tournament, which will just be Monday, that will be at Leonardville Golf Course near Riley. And so uh, you, both of them are two-day tournaments, hopefully. Hopefully the rain stays away this year. We're going to knock on wood. I talked to a couple coaches yesterday from Sacred Heart and Wamigo and that was one of the things we talked about, just how tough last year was where they got the first day in and then the rain set in and, and you didn't know if anybody was going to get to finish. I believe one tournament did get their, their two rounds done. I believe it was 6A, if I remember correctly, uh, was able to get both of their rounds in, but everybody else got washed out. It was one-day tournament. Our state champions last year, Blue Valley was the 6A state champion. Cape and Mount Carmel, the 5A champion. Bishop Miege won 4A. Heston was your 3A champion. Sacred Heart continued its reign in Class 2A. Hutchinson Central Christian won Class 1A. And Lakeside was your Sand Greens champion. And and guys, anything that's just jumped out at you this year on the state golf scene, uh, looking ahead to state, I know from my area, uh, Santa Fe Trails, Lane Workman has just had an outstanding year. I think he has seven seven titles already this season. The I think the only tournament he hasn't won was the uh, Hutchinson Invitational, which was mostly – a lot of 6A and 5A schools, some of the best, uh, some of the best schools and, and players in the state out at that huge tournament. And that's the only one that he doesn't have a win in this year. So Lane Workman from Santa Fe Trail, two-time th- third-place finisher at state, looking to get that state title in Class 3A this year. Sacred Heart looking to continue their dominance in Class 2A. Uh, they just keep winning state titles. Last year, they only won by one stroke over Hoxie. They really had to sweat it out. And, and Coach Newell said that one was a little too close for comfort. But uh, Sacred Heart, the favorite to win Class 2A this year. But looking at some other classes, is there any uh, teams or players that have, have jumped out? Uh, start with you, Scott. Yeah, I'd, 
I, we've talked about Derby's Jaden Carruthers, and then right out of the gate, he 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 served up the the big. The, the first big stick of dynamite early this season shot a shot a, a nine under sixty three at the Rolling Hills Country Club in the Bishop Carroll Invitational and and uh, uh, you know he's just had an outstanding season he's won a few tournaments but he more importantly for his he's part of a team that just won its first regional title in twenty one years out of Dodge City's Mariah Hills the other day and and Derby made it to state last year uh, at Mariah Hills and didn't make it through the first day they shot three thirty six and. And weren't able to to uh, make it through, but but they bring bring five guys back. Uh, they had a six guy this year that's really helped them out. Isaac Bowman, who played tennis last year, now out, comes out as a senior, and he's he's really given them a, a solid top to bottom lineup. And and uh, you know they so they went at three with three fourteen at Mariah Hills the other day. That's not going to blow anybody out of the water, especially when you look up at uh, uh, the, the regional at Brookridge and Overland Park or at Olathe's Heritage Park. You know the top three finishers in each of those. Uh, you know all three hundred six or better. So uh, on the surface, you would say you know ni- nice story for Derby, but I I do think they are a dark horse to maybe get in that second day and and maybe contend for a trophy because they are playing at Newton Sand Creek, which is a, is a place they play during the regular season. Uh, Jaden Carruthers won the tournament at Newton that day, a real real crummy weather day. Shot one over seventy three. So Derby's very familiar. Uh, with Sand Creek, that's an advantage they will have over the Eastern schools is the familiarity at 6A. Uh, but Carruthers has been outstanding, uh, and he's one definitely one to watch after after placing at state last year individually. Uh, 5A, I think the, the thing that catches my eye, you know, you're always down here, you're always going to pay attention to what Cape of Mount Carmel does. They are an outstanding program, have been annually for, for just years and years and years. Last year, Bishop Carroll uh, – Got caught up in the in the wash at, at a really tough regional at Rolling Hills uh, in Wichita and didn't qualify as a team. This year they not only qualify as a team, they win the win the regional at Rolling Hills. They beat Capen the other day by five shots, so they shoot a two eighty seven team score. Uh, Noah Holtzman, who won, from Bishop Carroll, a senior who's who's bound for the University of Kansas to play golf next season, um, he shoots a five under sixty seven and 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 wins medalist honors uh, there. Uh, and and so he goes into state with, with the momentum there in the individual race. But I think Carroll Carroll qualifying and not just beating Capen at regional. They also beat them at the at the city league meet. Uh, Carroll is really they're they're a contender in five A after not qualifying as a team last year. So really look look for them. They had some. They've got a freshman Max Farber, uh, a couple seniors, and Luke Shelton and Colby Hayes who played really well at regional. So uh, you know Carroll not only just not only returns to state after missing last year as a team, but they are a definite uh, contender, I think, to win win the team title. And then uh, just add, mentioned a couple other things. You know, Circle, not traditionally a, a, a golf power, but they they win the Heston Regional in 4A the other day with a 307 and and uh, had a good one-two punch in the medalist freshman Anderson Helmer and, and junior Con, Connor Chadwell. Uh, they go one-two there. So Circle's having a real good season on on, on – the golf course and then uh that regional was going on at the same time the heston uh 3a regional was going on they they were playing on opposite nines and and uh the defending champion heston as you mentioned they win on their home course by 18 shots over wichita collegiate so they'll be back in to defend their their state title they're led by a senior camden waterson who's a really good player uh, and then 1a you mentioned central christian and out of hutchinson 
uh, is going back to, to try to defend its title uh, in Emporia, and, and they win the, the regional yesterday at the Wedgwood Golf Course in Halstead. So uh, some familiar some familiar teams uh, heading back in, in, in the smaller classes in Heston and, and Central Christian, and I think they, you know, uh, both both of those schools should be uh, considered among the contenders uh, Monday and Tuesday. And boy, I'm with you. Let's hope we can get both both days in. I think that makes the state golf championship. It really adds a lot of juice to it. And I think that was a great move a few years ago to go to two days. And now we just we just need Mother Nature to cooperate. Yeah, and I'll I'll jump in real quick with my area. Uh, Maddox Shook from Garden City. Um, last year, I think you could you could tell that he was a really talented kid, and, and uh, I think he won a couple tournaments last year as a freshman and had a solid showing. This year, he's been a lot a lot more consistent. Uh, he's won several tournaments and uh, big tournaments, uh, and it's kind of weird, you know. He I think they lost that entire team other than him last year so he's kind of been the elder statesman even even as a sophomore but he won the regional and I really expect him to be be a factor in 6a Uh, some of the other guys from my area Drew Hines from Ellenwood he won the Dodge City Invitational earlier this year which is a huge tournament so for for a 2a kid to win that on that one that shows you you know how how good a player he is I expect him to be in the title conversation and then uh you know looking low at a low some of the lower classes and one a south gray's had a really nice year uh jackson kane uh he's been in the state title conversation before he was a regional winner and uh and you know going to sand going down to sand greens uh lakeside uh they're the defending champions there so like i was talking to brent it's kind of hard to kind of gauge who's going to be the best in sand greens because they don't they don't play regionals but i wouldn't be surprised if uh, lakeside's in, in contention for that and looking at uh, my area in East and Southeast uh, Kansas, I think I've talked to uh, pretty much every time we talked golf on the podcast, I've talked about Olathe West, Shawnee Mission East, uh, looked at them as the likely winners of the regionals. Sure enough, uh, it happens. Uh, Olathe West wins the Olathe Northwest Regional. Uh, Al's Junior Miles Tarvin uh, takes first. Uh Tied at his school record with a 67. Uh, Shawnee Mission East wins their regional with a, a, a 298. Uh, and and uh, Thomas Gogol is the, the top of the leaderboard. Their uh, senior golfer uh, hits a 70, one stroke ahead of uh, Blue Valley uh, junior James Ackerman. Um, so what you would expect, uh, the big thing, uh, you know, give the shout out to the teams behind them because as much as, uh, looked at those as the front runners, it was pretty tight. Uh, Olathe the South gets second in that regional with Olathe the West, just four strokes behind with a two ninety. Uh, you, you look at their top guys and, uh, they got the strong brothers. Uh, Tyler, uh, is, gets the top one in that one, uh, uh comes in second behind Tarvin with a, a 69. Uh, and then you throw in uh, his his brother Blake uh, was was in uh, that top uh, six or seven there, and then uh, Brooks Gwynn uh, is a senior that was right there. So uh, that's a, a team that can make a lot of noise as well on the uh, other uh, you know regional with Shawnee Mission East. Uh, Blue Valley West finished four strokes behind Shawnee Mission East, and uh, you know they they have. Uh, 
a, a lot there because uh, they're bringing back uh, the 6A state champion from last year, uh, Carson Baker. Think of how uh, good a regional is. Uh, he ended up getting, let's see, that would be seventh place in that regional uh, as as uh, the reigning uh, champ. Uh, there are uh, a lot of guys, uh, but he doesn't have to have his best day for them to still be able to compete because uh, in third place in that regional, uh, Parker Bennett, freshman. Uh, Ty Lastly is a junior. Uh, he finished one spot uh, ahead of Carson there. Uh, so, I mean, and not too far back in that one, Blue Valley uh, Northwest. Uh, in the other regional, uh, a few strokes back, Olathe Northwest. Uh, a bunch of teams. Uh, that on any given day can get themselves into the hunt. But I, I think starting the year, it was Olathe West, Johnny Mission East. Those are still two of the front runners. Uh, and then, you know, don't uh, sleep on Olathe South and, and Blue Valley West and a couple others uh, from, from my area also being able to go because there's just so many uh, good golfers. And then a quick look at 5A, uh, St. James Academy looks like one that can and start getting in there and, 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 and try to take a, uh, a trophy next to uh, Bishop Carroll and 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 uh, Capen. Uh, St. James Academy won the Piper Regional with a, a 297, 19 strokes ahead of Aquinas, who was one of the teams that uh, fought in and got third place uh, last year in 5A. Uh, St. James Academy has sophomore Jacob Fratzel uh, win that one with a, a 69. So uh, definitely a, a team to watch in 5A, uh, trying to get in the mix there. All right, so let's uh, let's pray to the weather gods for Monday and Tuesday to be beautiful, uh, and so we can get these state tournaments in without any issues. And actually, let's just pray for the entire next week to be a nice week and not have to dodge raindrops at baseball and softball and track and soccer as the as the state championship season is full bore. There's not a busier week of the year than the next week in terms of crowning state champions and you know baseball and softball will be held on thursday and friday state track on friday and saturday and girls state soccer on friday and saturday uh, we'll get a lot of uh, all our state qualifiers for track over the next couple days uh, state soccer uh, you got uh, regional final games tonight and then uh, quarterfinals will be next tuesday ahead of the finals but most of the uh, baseball and softball teams have already punched their tickets to state we're still waiting on a few regionals to uh to be finished up there's two more uh two more softball regionals and three more baseball regionals that need to be filled but we can take a look at uh look at who's qualified real quick and first off we'll look at uh who, who won last year and then baseball uh we'll, we'll be crowning two new state champions this year for sure as as 5a champion blue valley southwest was knocked out by DeSoto this week and then defending two 2-1a champion mission valley was knocked out in their regional and so the team's uh, Blue Valley West was your 6A champion last year. They're back again this year, along with Blue Valley North, Olathe North, Shawnee Mission East, Manhattan, Free State, Topeka High, and Derby in Class 6A. And Topeka High, you know, I've been covering covering high school sports in the Topeka area for 30-plus years, and this is the first time I can ever remember Topeka High making it to state in baseball. So a great accomplishment for the Trojans to end a long, long, long drought for their state uh, state tournament. And, you know, you got some other teams there that are known, you know, there every year, Manhattan, Free State, Blue Valley West, uh, you know, teams like that are there year in, year out. They're all back again this year. Uh, Class 5A, like I said, DeSoto knocked out Blue Valley Southwest in a thrilling championship game uh, on Tuesday night. 
they'll they'll be back again this year. Seaman sets a state record with its 19th straight berth in uh, state baseball. Uh, they, they had been tied with Casey Wyandotte at 18th straight. They get their 19th straight, beating Lansing in the regional finals. They're back in the field. St. Thomas Aquinas is back. Spring Hill, Bishop Carroll's back. Great Bend, Eisenhower, and Goddard. That's your 5A field. 4A, we're still waiting on one one uh, tournament to finish up, but your defending champion there is McPherson. They're back again this year, along with Rock Creek, Paola, Chanute, Fort Scott, Clay Center, and Larned. And like I said, we're still missing one one team out of the, the Class 4A. Class 3A, Wichita Collegiate was your state champion last year. They're back. They beat Columbus in the title game last year. Columbus is back as well. Also, Humboldt, Goodland, Goodland back from last year. Casey Ward back from last year. Poisington, Santa Fe Trail, and then waiting on one more spot to be punched there. And in 2A, a new state champion will be crowned with Mission Valley gone. And so far, we've got Little River, Marion, Sedgwick, Onega, Colgan, Casey Christian, and Elkhart have punched their tickets. Elkhart, Little River, and Sedgwick, always state contenders in uh, Class 2-1A. So um, I expect those two. And then Colgan is there, and all they've done is won the most state titles in state history. So uh, you got a, a very strong field in Class 2-1A for baseball this year. And guys, uh, any any team, I, I mentioned Topeka High ending their long drought. But real quick, any team that just pops off the screen at you that, hey, this is a this is a story maybe to follow? There's definitely in uh, 4A, uh, it's not one, it's it's two, which is uh, Paola as the number 10 seed, uh, Chanute as the number 11 seed, uh, Paola beating Atchison. You can make an argument with Atchison having, uh, you know, an easier uh, conference. Uh, you can load up on some wins, and maybe they were a little higher than they were supposed to be. But Ottawa was just a really good team out of the Frontier League, and Chanute gets a 6-3 win in that regional. Paola beats Atchison 16-5. So uh, to have two double-digit seeds make it out of there uh, is, is, is a little crazy. Yeah, and I think you, you mentioned Siemens longevity and qualifying for 5A baseball. And Bishop Carroll down here in Wichita is another one that, that uh, hasn't, hasn't been annually, but they've been a lot of times, I think six, 16 or 17 times in, in the 2000s. So they're they're pretty much an annual uh, uh, part of the, the party, which is, you know, down here at Wichita. And, and last night they 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 make it to the to state for the sixth straight time, but it, it was a – it was a hairy situation. They gave up two in the top of the seventh to, to Newton and fell behind and then had to come back and, and score two in the bottom half. And, and a freshman, Cal Purvis, gets the, the walk-off RBI single. So so Carroll gets its sixth straight uh, trip. And, and just a, uh, you know, traditionally a, a great program every year under Charlie Ebright and, and always, always uh, you know, figures to be part of that mix when you think who, when you start handicapping the, the, the 5A field and then, uh, I dropped down to 3A. 3A had a great regional, baseball regional at Chaparral, and and it kind of came down to what we what you might have expected. It was Wichita Collegiate, uh, the defending 3A champion, playing Wichita Trinity in the in the championship. Uh, and Trinity made it to May undefeated, but they they end the regular season with a doubleheader loss to Collegiate, and then Collegiate gets them again last night. Uh, they score a run in the in the sixth and a run in the seventh to win six to four. So Collegiate, uh, you know. After winning its first state title in over 20 years last year, uh, they'll be back to defend in 3A, and they've got a lot. They've got they've got three or four uh, college signed players already that uh, uh, that'll make them a, a worthy defender uh, in Class 3A. 
All right, turning our attention to softball then, uh, we are defending champions again. Uh, two, uh, three of last year's defending champions will not be back this year. Uh, Topeka High ousted in Class 6A, Frontenac falls in Class 3A, and Mission Valley loses in Class 2A. Uh, Frontenac loses on a walk-off against Columbus in Class 3A after winning the title last year. We've got seven of the eight uh, qualifiers in Class 6A so far. Olathe Northwest, they're undefeated. I think, believe they're the only undefeated team left in the state. Just been absolutely dominating this year. Um, and they, they will be in the, the headliners of the 6A field along with Olathe West, Shawnee Mission North, Olathe North, Derby, Washburn Rural, which took second last year, and Manhattan. Uh, in Class 5A, Valley Center is the defending champion. They will be back along with Baser Linwood, which has run, been runner-up the past two years. You have Spring Hill, Shawnee Heights, Pittsburgh, Bishop Carroll, which was the champion two years ago, uh, Salina South, and Eisenhower. In Class 4A, Eudora, the defending champion, they're back, along with 2021 champion Wamigo is back. Uh, also, Fort Scott, Rock Creek, McPherson, Clearwater, Andale, and Mulvane. In Class 3A, like I said, Frontenac is gone, eliminated by Columbus. So Columbus will be joined by Haven, Beloit, Burlington, Santa Fe Trail, Southeast Saline, and Scott City. You got uh, the Silver Lake Regional finishing up today to fill that final spot. And in Class 2A, Mission Valley is out. Uh, McLeod, they, they do join Olathe Northwest as an undefeated team. They are also undefeated. They knock off Troy in their regional final. Troy was runner-up last year. Uh, McLeod beats Troy three times this year, gets the state berth. They'll be joined by St. Mary's, Medicine Lodge, El Saline, Blue Stem, Hillsboro, Central Heights, and Jayhawk Lynn in the Class 2A field. Uh, so those are those are your um, qualifiers in softball, and anything that jumps out to you guys in those. Yeah, and I'll just mention as a surprise, uh, Great Bend is the number seven seed. Uh, they meet up with WAC rival in the uh, Hayes in their in their opener, uh, win a three one game over them, and then uh, on the other side, Andover upsets seven uh, seventeen and three Capen. So uh, uh, um, they get Andover in the semis and uh, pull out a pull out a tough four three win over them. So so a good good run there for the Panthers to make back to state. Four A East again. Uh, it was not quite <clears throat> the double digit seeds. They were close though. It almost happened. Uh, Fort Scott <clears throat> ends up making it as the ten seed. They didn't have to knock off Adjacent because Adjacent uh, as the two seed got knocked off in the first round by fifteen seed Iola, uh, and then Fort Scott gets that win six four to to make it onto state, and then. Uh, it looked like it was just going to maybe happen again with uh, uh, Labette County as 11 seed. Uh, they ended up getting a win in the first round, 10-9 win over Tonganoxy, and then they went up against Eudora, and they every time Eudora uh, scored, Labette County matched it and ends up uh, coming down to a 10-8 win for Eudora uh, to get on through. And Eudora had to win with uh, one run in the, the final inning of the first round game against uh, Hayden uh, Kerr Paraval. Uh, and so Eudora gets by the, the skin of their teeth, but it nearly was another uh, two double-digit seeds in, in that uh, four-aced uh, East Regional, but uh, not quite. Only Fort Scott ends up making it through there. Well, I guess George, Rock Creek would be another one. So they did get two uh, double-digit seeds, just only one for my area. And that's I'm very selfish, so I was only looking at mine. Sorry, guys. 
Yeah, just out here in the Wichita area, Derby uh, took a, a game, another one of those teams that take, took an unbeaten record into into May. They split a doubleheader with May South right before the end of the regular season, and they get in with one loss. So, uh, you know, Derby's become a pretty much a, a perennial or perennial qualifier here the last few years, and and under Christy Weavey and they're back, and and uh, you know, kind of looking to climb the ladder there. They, they finished third last year, and and. Uh, Come in, come into state with one loss, and then Valley Center. The you mentioned the defending five A champions. Uh, they also lost to May South earlier this season, and ended up beating them nine to one in the regional final. So they avenged one of those losses uh, the other night, and they they were really impressive. Uh, they outscored their two regional opponents twenty to one, and and so Valley Center comes back strong. And then Bishop Carroll, you mentioned one two years ago, they're back in uh, with a younger team, and it'll be interesting to see if they can. Uh, you know, that's it's one of the storied programs in, in 5A softball and a, a little younger group this year. But but it might, uh, you know, certainly uh, they rolled through regional and, and come in with a lot of momentum as well. And then I had a chance to see I uh, went out to, to Cheney uh, on Wednesday and, and saw Haven and Haven was the top seed in a, in a regional that featured four really good teams uh, with Wichita Trinity and um, uh, with Kingman uh, was another one. And and and. Uh, Trinity the two ends up the top two seeds make the final Wichita Trinity and uh and and Haven and I think the the kind of the question with Haven is you know you wonder competition wise did they play the teams that some of their their their, their regional qualifiers like Cheney and and uh, uh Trinity saw during the course of the season and and let me tell you Haven after missing state last year uh, they've got a really good freshman pitcher in Avery Bronner. She's kind of settled the settled the circle for the Wildcats, and they they come in. They they just blew Trinity out of the water, eleven to one in six innings in the championship game, and and they come into state twenty two and one after missing state last year. And they're coached by Darren Ashworth, who who uh, won a state baseball title out at Elkhart, so he'll be trying to to add a softball title to that collection here next week, and and a really good team that'll that'll be playing up in Manhattan next week. Yeah, from my area, Scott City and Holcomb, uh, they've had such a great rivalry. Um, I think they've met the last three years in the regional final. Uh, you know, it's, it's too bad because one of them were gonna ha- was going to have to go home, and they're both really, really good teams. Uh, but uh, Scott City pulls out a 5-4 win over Holcomb in the regional final to go back to state. Uh, you know, Scott City had a, had a few losses on their resume. I think they've had six losses, um, and the GWAC was pretty tough this year. For so for them to to find a way to get to get back to state, uh, you know, a good story for them. And uh, you know, I know they're they'll be looking for a little bit of redemption because uh, I think they were disappointed with how they played in the state opener last year. But I think they're they're definitely a team that could that could make some noise in in three A. Yeah, and uh, from my area, Wamigo has just been an outstanding team all season. Peyton Hardenberger, a sophomore pitcher, I wrote a feature about her earlier this year when she had, was basically on a roll where every game she came out and threw a no hitter, and and she's been hit since. But and and they took a loss to Rossville, but uh, you know they're a team that uh, really uh, was upset about losing in the semifinals last year to Bishop Miege. They had to face Miege in the. Uh, in the regional final this year, it seems like Wamigo and Miege have just kind of gone hand in hand in the postseason this year. The the football team loses to Bishop Miege in, in the state championship team uh, game. The girls basketball team was the number one seed going into sub-state play, had to face Miege in the in the sub-state finals, and Miege got the win there too. And so uh, they've kind of it's kind of been a little rivalry this year, and and uh, especially with. Miege getting the Wamigo at state softball last year. That was a big game. And 
Wamiga wins that one 4-2 to get back to state. And so um, I think they're a team definitely to watch out for in Class 4A this year, along with, you know, defending champion Eudora. Uh, Washburn Rural, Emerson Cope, I did a feature on her a couple weeks ago, just an outstanding player headed to Nebraska. They'll be a tough out, but, man, that Aletha Trio uh, coming out of the Kansas City area and Shawnee Mission North and Derby and Manhattan's there, and Manhattan and Rural split a doubleheader this year. So that 6A tournament is just going to be a bear and then Baser Linwood trying to trying to end its run of two straight uh, two straight runner up finishes has a great senior class with Taylor Cruz and Grace Rose and Mila Seaton um, just uh, just some outstanding seniors there looking to kind of take that next step and, and get over the hump and get the title the title there uh, you know three A it'll be interesting to see who wins that that substake today with Silver Lake and Rossville uh, you know war on twenty four rivals battling out Rossville was at state last year. Silver Lake's a team that's always been at state, one of the most tradition-rich programs in the state. So whoever comes out of that one will be interesting. And, and uh, you know, Beloit has a great pitcher in Chloe Odell. Uh, them getting to state, Santa Fe Trail, a great pitcher in Kaylee Washington. And, and then McLeod, obviously, uh, you know, they're, they're a program that's just year in, year out, very, very good at softball under Ballard Patterson. He took a, took a couple years away when he, as he dealt with some health issues, but he's back. They play on the field named after him, and and this year they're they're you know undefeated twenty three and zero, and just they got two two great pitchers, which you know a lot of teams will get to state riding uh, riding a horse. They've got a couple horses and just a strong lineup, so they'll be a they'll be a great team in, in class two A to look out for, and and uh, so that uh, that sums up our our state baseball and softball. We got our our sites for baseball. Class 6A will be at Hoagland Stadium in Lawrence on the University of Kansas campus. 5A will be at X Stadium at Wichita State University. 4A, Dean Evans Stadium in Salina. 3A at Toynton Family Stadium in Manhattan on K-State University. And 2A at the Great Bend Sports Complex. And then for softball, Class 6A will be at Aroca Park in Lawrence, um, the KU's field up there. 5A will be at Wilkins Stadium at Wichita State. 4A will be at Salina South High School. They move out from Bill Burke Complex to Salina South High School this year. 3A back, 3A back at Manhattan's Twin Oaks Complex, and 2A will be at the Green Sports Complex in Pratt. Those will be held Thursday and Friday next week. For state track, it will be at Wichita State Cessna Stadium, and uh, they're going. The, the nice thing about that this year. Will kind of be the last look at the the Cessna Stadium as we know it. Uh, uh, major renovations planned for Cessna Stadium for the future, and so it'll be uh, it'll be nice to uh, to see what's going to go what Cessna Stadium will look like to host just one of the great spectacles in high school sports to get all six classes together, all these great athletes uh, competing together in the same site one weekend. If you've never been to State Track, it's worth the time to go and watch just see so many great athletes and you get to see the best of the best in state. And then soccer, state soccer, class 6A will be at uh, Stryker Complex in Wichita. Class 5A will be at the Hummer Sports Complex in Topeka. And class 4A will be out at the DeSoto High School Soccer Complex. And those will be next Friday and Saturday. So busy, busy championship season upon us. Our next podcast will be after all the state uh, championships. We may have to break it up into more than one podcast just to get everything covered and give all these all these athletes and all team all these teams their due but we will check back in with you as long as we can survive this next week and a half and make it through ourselves because we're going to be 
anywhere and everywhere over the next uh, next week and a half, bringing you coverage from every single state championship site, every state championship event. So for Mac Moore, Scott Task, Ricky Peterson, this is Brent Maycock saying thanks for tuning in, and we will see you in a couple of weeks with the end of the high school season for 2022-2023.